0: W-r.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord.
1: We're going to continue our sermon series that we launched on last Sunday. Sermon series entitled, From Now On. From Now On. The second sermon in this installment is going to come from Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 1. Exodus chapter 17. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. Once you have found Exodus 17, would you please stand for the reading of the word of God? I tell you, when we first got started, I just got emotional, man. I just, just something about seeing some people here again and our being together, even if it's just a few of us here physically just did something Tell me. It did something for me. And uh, so bless God for all of you who are here and all of you are home. I support you. Um, listen, if you feel safer at home, by all means, stay at home. And all of us who are here, let's look out for each other. Let's look out for each other and be safe and uh, let's maintain that social distance and do all we can to keep each other safe. Exodus 17 verses 1 through 17. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock, as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Massah, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, watch this, y'all, is the Lord here with us or not? Is the Lord here with us or not? That's where we get our theme for today. Today, I want to talk from the, the thought which is in the form of a question, is the Lord Here. Is the Lord here? Second installment in this sermon series from now on, Empowerment for a New Normal. I want to wrestle with the question, is the Lord here? Today's text, y'all, Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7, provides a glimpse of one of many episodes along the children of Israel's wilderness journey. 400 years of slavery in Egypt. They are now, please hear me, they are now less than two months into what will be a 40-year journey in the wilderness. So the wilderness is their new normal. In less than two months, the people of Israel have experienced the Passover, the parting of the Red Sea, the drowning of Pharaoh and his army in that same Red Sea, running out of food and now running out of water. They have repeatedly complained about Moses' leadership and questioned his motives for leading them out of Egypt into this wilderness. What they are experiencing isn't going to go away anytime soon. And sometimes it's like that, y'all. Sometimes what we go through will not be over immediately. Sometimes no matter how loud we shout in church, no matter how many times we spin around and declare and decree, No matter how much we may want something to end immediately, there are some things we go through that, unfortunately, we have to go through it for a long time. Their address for the next 39 plus years will be a wilderness with setback after setback, trial after trial, trouble after trouble. In fact, right on the other side of this situation, where they've run out of water, is war with the Amalekites. Moses in that situation will sit up on a hill and Israel will win as long as his hands are up and lose while his hands are down. This journey will also have numerous times of complaining, anxiety, misunderstanding the motives of God and Moses, and rebellion and revolt against leadership. All of this, all of this will be part of their normal in the wilderness. Here they are where where they, according to verse 2, once more complained to Moses, there's no water. Moses told them to hush and asked why they were testing the Lord. They will continually test God instead of trust God. Listen, they will. They, their, their behavior is said to be due to, verse, according to verse 3 in the New Living Translation, a torment of thirst. A torment of thirst. Of thirst, are they on the verge of dehydration? Are they experienced dry mouth with with white stuff in the corners of their mouths? You know how you get when you're very, very dehydrated. Are they are they on the verge of uh, of, of dehydration? Are they so thirsty to where where their lips stick together and they can hardly hardly open 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 their mouths? When you know how you get sometimes when you when you real real thirsty and I, I wonder just. How thirsty were they? They're, they're telling Moses they need some water, and Moses is telling them to hush. Uh, they're saying, but, but Moses, and, and they're responding, hush. And, and then they just rose, uh, brought about the question, what you bring us out here for? They kept complaining anyway. Look at verse number three. Tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out here? Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst let's hang out here for a moment and wrestle with this question did you bring us out here to kill all of us isn't that an interesting question did you leave they're asking moses moses did you leave the backside of a mountain return to egypt of your of your own volition confront pharaoh endure the plagues only to bring us out here so you could get us killed Moses, do you not care about your own people? Do you not care about our elderly and children and livestock? And would you rather see us dead than alive? We we, we know Pharaoh didn't care about us. He kept us enslaved. He saw us multiply numerically. He became intimidated and made life harder for us. He, He was killing our newborn sons. Pharaoh made life for us rough. And here you come. Bring us out here to kill us. You knew we'd run out of food a month ago. You you got lucky and manna and quail just happened to show up. You you knew we'd come over here where there was no water. Moses, you knew what you were doing all along. You you think you slick. We should have known better. But we out here now. Did you bring us out here to kill us? If we were to step into this situation and ask them why they're out here in the wilderness at Rephidim, they'd reply, we're out here because Moses wants to kill all of us and our children and our livestock with thirst. In other words, they're questioning why they are why where they are. Why are we here? Tell you why. Moses wants to kill us. We're about to die, and it's all because of Moses bringing us out here to die. We are here to die. That's why we are where we are. We are here to die. But if we were to ask the Lord, why are they at Rephidim? Why are they in this place with no water to drink? Would God agree with them? Would God respond? Yet they are at Rephidim with no water to drink because Moses took them out of Egypt to kill them. All of them and their children. And their livestock. Would, would God agree with Israel? I don't think that's how God would respond. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think Moses killing the people of Israel is on God's radar. I don't, I don't think the people of Israel being killed is on Moses' radar. I don't think this is how God would respond. Their dying at Rephidim was not on God's to-do list. Not that day. God would not agree with Israel, but the devil would. Oh yeah, the devil. The devil would agree with that lie in a heartbeat. The devil would love for that lie to drain Israel of all of their hope, all of their faith, all of their enthusiasm for where they are going in God. The devil would love for this lie to derail them from God's ordained destiny of the promised land and the dominion and the abundance that awaited them. The devil would love for this lie to rob them of what God had in store for them. To believe Moses brought them out here to die was a lie. This brings to my mind, all my educators might appreciate this, this brings to mind uh, how, how school teachers over and over again get a bad rap. I think think school teachers get a bad rap. Now, granted, there are some awful school teachers. There are some school teachers who do not like children. But there are many who do. After all, who would go to college for four to six or even more years to get a degree while while racking up enormous student loan debt to enter classrooms to teach children when they don't even like children? I know it happens. I I know it happens, but I'm inclined to believe that people become teachers with intentions to do good for their students. Unfortunately, some teachers are seen as bad teachers with bad intentions when in actuality they are good teachers who want nothing but success for their students. They're misunderstood. They're, they're, They're misinterpreted. And I believe this is what's happening in the text. These people are horribly guilty of poorly interpreting who they're following as well as, please hear me y'all, why they are where they are. And they will do this over and over again as they journey through the wilderness. Poorly interpret and inaccurately assess why they are where they are. Time and time again they will get it wrong and complain and rebel and be unnecessarily frustrated and anxious this is something that will be very normal for them poorly interpreting what they go through and making it worse in their minds than it actually is in reality they need to develop a habit of faith where whatever they say aligns with what God says they need to see their situations the way God sees them if God ain't saying you about to die you don't need to be saying you about to die If God ain't talking about how you're finished, you don't need to be talking about how you're finished. If God ain't saying you ain't ever getting any more water, then you don't need to be saying you ain't ever getting any more water. If God ain't saying you won't be healed, you don't need to say you won't be healed. If God ain't saying you ain't ain't coming out, you don't need to say you ain't coming out. The reason why they're talking the way they talk in verse three is because of their poor ability to interpret why they're going through what they're going through. God doesn't seem to be on their mind at all. God doesn't seem to be in their view and they poorly interpret and inaccurately assess what they're going through. If this is something you need to work on then my encouragement to you is to work on it and I wonder how many of us would be courageous enough to admit that we saw a situation one way and it made us angry and frustrated got us all in our feelings we come out of the situation and look back at it and realize we were wrong calling people stuff only to realize we were wrong saying stuff about people and we come out of the situation only to realize we were wrong anybody ever been there I would encourage all of us to strive to get better at accurately interpreting what's happening in your life. Don't rob yourself of peace because you're looking at your situation through the lens of a lie or a filter of what is false. Whatever you're saying, whatever you're seeing must line up with what God is saying in what God is saying God is seeing can I tell you why the children of Israel have run out of water at Rephidim can I tell you how God already knew before he even brought them out of Egypt that they were going to get to Rephidim and and not have any water they ran out of water they had no water at Rephidim so they would so desperately need it and not have the ability to procure it so that they would cry out to the Lord their provider who was would supernaturally bless them with what they needed. The reason why they ran out of water at Rephidim was so that they would not look to Moses as their source, but rather look to God as their source. In their new normal, y'all, they would thrive if they could get that thing right, looking to God as their source and trusting and obeying his commands. When the food runs out, we look to God to come through for us. When the water runs out, they would need to look to God to come through for them. When enemies would attack them, they would need to look to God to come through for them. When we when we lose our jobs, we need to look to God to come through for us. When everything is falling apart in our lives, we need to look to God to come through for us if they could have gotten that right it would have significantly impacted everything so let me ask you something why are you where you are what why are we where we are why are we experiencing so much racial tension after all these years why is there so much political hostility during this election season What will it mean if Trump gets reelected? What will it mean if Biden gets
2: elected?
1: Why does God have us where we are? Why are black people where we are right now? Why are you battling depression? Why why are you battling grief? Why are you having financial troubles? Why are you battling cancer or diabetes or, or family drama or unemployment or addiction? Why are you where you are? Why is your marriage where it is? Why is your child challenged with virtual learning? Why are churches where they are? Where Is Union Grove and why are we as a congregation wherever we are? What would be God's responses to these questions? Who knows how long you're going to be where you are. Maybe God has you where you are so he can show out on your behalf and show you and your enemies and everybody. He is your source. Wherever you are, let me encourage you to expect him to move on your behalf. Wherever you are, whether you're in a place of abundance or a place of lack, expect God to move on your behalf. Whether you're up or whether you're down, expect God to move on your behalf. No matter how things are going in your body, in your health, expect God to keep you and prosper you and move where you are. He is our source. So they accused Moses of bringing them out here to kill them. And after they accused Moses of bringing them out of Egypt, uh, Moses cried out to the Lord for wisdom. He said, Lord, what am I going to do with your folk? This is what wise, godly leaders do. Seek the Lord for wisdom. Whether there is no water or abundance of water, seek the Lord for wisdom. Whether people applaud your leadership or are appalled by your leadership, seek the Lord for wisdom, And so God responded to Moses. He told him, take his staff. Watch this, y'all. The same one he used to strike the Nile River. The one that he used when, when he struck the Nile River with that stick, with that staff, it turned from water to blood. The same staff that God told him to use prior to the deliverance from Egypt to manifest a miracle. This is probably, this is probably the same stick, the same rod, the same staff that he used to stretch out over the Red Sea. When he stretched that rod out over the Red Sea, God parted it in two and created Freedom Freeway. Deliverance Drive exodus expressway for his chosen people that staff should have served as a visual visual reminder of God's power to work with water mm. that staff should have given the people of God hope that staff when they looked at that staff they should say now wait a minute here we are out of water that's the same stick God used to take another piece of water and part it into two that's the same stick that God used to take another piece of water and transform it from water to blood God can change things with that stick that Moses has in his hand but unfortunately with the way that they talked and the way that they behaved when they saw that rod in Moses hand all they saw was a walking stick God also told Moses to grab some of the elders of Israel, go to a rock, which some suppose was a huge piece of granite and strike it with the rod and water would gush out. It would be enough water to quench the thirst of all of Israel. Strike the rock, Moses, and everybody is going to be good. God said he'd go before Moses and stand on the rock. Moses followed God's instructions and water came forth just like God said the people had water to drink, all of them. The children, the livestock, the elderly, all of them. In this, not only did God provide, but he validated his chosen leader. This supernatural provision of water was a sign of God demonstrating that he endorsed Moses as their leader. Bless his name. I could deal with that, but I'm going to move on. After God provided water for them to drink, Moses then named the place Massa. I'm in verse number seven. Masa, which means test. He also named it Meribah, which means arguing, because that's all the folk did. Argue, test God, challenge God, not believe God. That's a horrible name for a place for these people after all God has done for them and in such a short amount of time. The Apostle Paul, watch this, the Apostle Paul shared a revelation on this situation regarding their behavior when he, taught, he told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse number 4. Moses made reference to the behavior of the children of Israel in Egypt, I mean in, in the wilderness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4, he says, And all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ." Yet God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 9, Paul said, Nor should we, nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites this is a later incident in the lives of the in the journey of the children of israel then in that 10th verse and don't grumble as some of them did and then they were destroyed by the angel of death verse 11 of first corinthians chapter 4 says these things happened to them as examples for us they were written down to warn us who live At the end of the age, in other words, Paul is telling the Corinthians what we read about how these people are behaving in Exodus chapter 17. They serve as an example for how we must not behave. Two months in and the children of Israel have already seen enough to trust God rather than test God. The children of Israel carried on like this throughout their journey, complaining, rebellion, revolting against leadership would be normal for them. And watch this. Here's what the author of Hebrews said about how they behaved in this wilderness. Hebrews chapter 3, starting at verse 7. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. The author says, that is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Watch this. As Israel did when they rebelled. When they tested me in the wilderness, there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles. They saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Watch this. Hebrews 3 and 12 says... Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today. Why? So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. The author of Hebrews is looking back at how the children of Israel behaved in the wilderness and telling us the same thing Paul told the Corinthians. Don't act like that. Don't let your sin pull you away from God. Don't act like that. They did. Don't 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 be one who does nothing but complain. Don't be one who cannot recognize a miracle from God when you see one. Don't act like that. And so they raised the question, Moses, why you bring us out here? You bring us out here to kill us. But that's not the only question they raise. In verse number seven, there's another question. There's another question. And that question is, is the Lord here with us or no? The Lord who blessed them to multiply in Egypt. The Lord, who heard their cries for deliverance and answered their prayer by sending them Moses. The Lord, y'all, who made himself known through the ten plagues that that transpired over the course of a year. The Lord, y'all, the Lord who took out the firstborn of the Egyptian households and kept Israel's firstborn alive. Is the Lord that Lord? Is he here with us? Right here where we are, where we're about to die of thirst he was with them when he parted the Red Sea. He was with them a month ago when they ran out of food. And he made manna run, rain down from heaven and quail to fill the earth. They, they asked, is the Lord with us here? Here in this place, in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my thirst, in the midst of my frustration. is Is he here when my heart is heavy? When when my, when my tears won't stop flowing? Is he, is he here when I can't see my way out of this? When I can't see my way through? When I don't know how I'm going to make it? Is is the Lord here? Despite all the Lord has done, they are still insecure and questioning if he is with them. No matter how God manifests his power in their midst, it was never enough for them to fully trust him and obey him. Let me go on and tell your neighbor, because I'm sure they're questioning. Let me tell the people on the conference call and all of y'all who are streaming. God is with you. God is right here. Wherever you're here is, God is right here. The Lord is with his people. I said the Lord is with his people. The Bible teaches us that the Lord is with his people. There are so many scriptures that bear witness to God's continual presence with his people. In fact, there's one scripture I love so much, Keith. There's one scripture I love so much that speaks of God being everywhere. Psalm 139, verse 8 says, Psalm 139, starting at verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell. Behold thou art there If I take the wings of the morning And dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea Even there shall thy hand lead me And thy right hand shall hold me God is everywhere And God is with his people Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says Be strong and of a good courage Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee yea. I will help thee yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Zephaniah 317 says for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. And I know y'all remember the the, the words of David uh yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and the, and thy staff they comfort me and they remember the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 verse number 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even unto the end of the world Amen. When God called Moses, in fact, y'all, when God called Moses to go lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, he told Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 12, he answered and told Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. And here's a sign. Here's the sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. God is with his people. I said God is with his people. In fact, not only will he be with Israel, he will continually reveal himself as they as they journey forward. Some of the names of God, y'all, some of the names we get from of God, Come from Israel's journey through the wilderness. For example, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha comes from Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Jehovah Rapha is the God who heals. In Exodus 15, 26, the Bible says, He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I set on the Egyptians. Why? For I am the Lord who heals you. When you mention Jehovah Rapha, you're talking about the God who heals. He made himself known. He revealed himself as a God who heals to the children of Israel as they were journeying through this same wilderness. So if you're in a place where you need healing, if you're here is sickness, if you're here is disease, God is with you in your here. And he is the God who heals. I would encourage you to pray to Jehovah Rapha, the one who can heal of cancer cancer. The one who can heal of diabetes. The one who can heal of Rona. The one who can turn sickness and disease around. The God who heals is with us. Not only that, but in Exodus chapter 17, verse 15, we understand God to be Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. In Exodus 17, verse 15, I already told y'all that right on the other side of this incident where they run out of water, they're going into war. And God revealed himself in their battle, in their fight. As Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, Exodus 17, 15, Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. When they would go into combat, they would have, they would have uh, these, these flags, these, these flags and, and, and they would have a flag that would, that would represent their tribe or their army. And they would look at that flag on that pole and it would give them hope as they went to fight in battle yeah this was to give them hope and to give them strength as they would fight for them and this is what God does for us God himself is our banner to where when we are in a fight where we are in trials and troubles and warfare we can look to the Lord and get hope and get strength to keep on fighting and sometimes God is such an awesome banner God tells you you don't even have to fight this one I'll fight for you is there anybody here who can testify That God has fought your battles Where you just kept your peace And God fought your battles Is there anybody here who just backed up And backed away And closed your mouth and cut? Listen you didn't have to send out a text You didn't have to send out an email You didn't have to file a lawsuit God fought your battles Can I tell you why Because he is Jehovah Nissi The Lord our banner. So if you're here is warfare. If you're here is a fight, God is in that fight with you. Oh, but there's another one. There's another name of God. Another way God has revealed himself to these folk while they were journeying through the wilderness. He revealed himself as Jehovah Mekadesh. In Exodus chapter 31, Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 and 13, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, here it is, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Jehovah mekadesh is the Lord who sanctifies us Jehovah mekadesh is the one who sanctifies us he says I am the one who set you apart as holy to belong to me I am the one who claimed you and pulled you from ordinary and made you my own possession and therefore made you extraordinary he is Jehovah mekadesh even though he knows we'll mess up he pulls us apart and sanctifies us. Even though he knows we'll let him down from time to time, he pulls us apart and saves us and sanctifies us. To be sanctified by God simply means you belong to God. Can I give you one good reason why God is with you where you are? It's because He is Jehovah Mekadesh. You belong to Him. That's why He will not leave you. That's why He will not forsake you. You belong to Him. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have come into a covenant relationship with Jehovah Mekadesh, the one who sanctifies you, the one who pulls you apart, the one who pulls you away from ordinary. who pulls you away from mediocrity the one who pulls you away because you belong to him that's why we can't act like everybody else that's why we can't stress out like everybody else that's why we can't worry like everybody else that's why we can't be afraid like everybody else because we are in covenant relationship with the very present god who has revealed himself as jehovah Mekadesh, the one who sanctifies yes, yes, God has revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha he has revealed himself as God our healer, he has revealed himself Kathy as Jehovah Nisi, God our banner, he has revealed himself as Jehovah Mekadesh, the one who sanctifies, oh but there's another name, another name in how God has revealed himself that's not in the book of Exodus but it is, the concept of it all, is in Exodus can I throw in this other name that's not in Exodus but it Fits with what we're discussing today This name of God refers To how God has revealed himself To us as believers Certainly God is our healer Our banner and our sanctifier And much much more But for those of you tripping And those of you wondering if God is with you In your situation Here's a name I need you to know It is the name Emmanuel Emmanuel simply means God with us Emmanuel Hallelujah, that name was introduced prophetically to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah said, all right then in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son And will call him Emmanuel Which means God is with us Isaiah was prophesying About Jesus In Jesus Christ we have Emmanuel God is with us So wherever you find yourself Today you have Emmanuel No need to wonder If he is with you No need to wonder if he has abandoned you No need to question If he is present In your situation you have Emmanuel I need somebody who's feeling down To call out the name Emmanuel I need somebody who's tired of being tired Frustrated and feeling depressed To call out to the name Emmanuel I need somebody who feels like you're all by yourself And ain't nobody willing to fight with you You've got somebody His name is Emmanuel No matter what your here is No matter where you find yourself You've got somebody, his name is Emmanuel I need everybody who can't stop crying To call on the name Emmanuel I need everybody who can't see your way through Call on the name Emmanuel. I need somebody who's about to run out of gas, who's about to run out of steam, who's about to run out of self esteem, who's about to run out of joy and peace in the Holy Ghost to refuel your spiritual fuel tank and call on the name Emmanuel. I need somebody who's wondering where is God in the midst of my pain? Where is God in the midst of my trouble? Call on the name Emmanuel the next time you're feeling sorry for yourself. I tell you to tell the devil that the devil is defeated because you have Emmanuel. You can go ahead and call him right now with your mask on. Call him Emmanuel. 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 Emmanuel, in the midst of my pain, Emmanuel, in the midst of my struggle, Emmanuel, I'm facing it on my job, Emmanuel, when you get back to work, cry out, Emmanuel, if you're going through at home, the next time you get to the crib, lift up your hands, and call on Emmanuel, and tell him thank you, thank you. For being with me, Emmanuel.
2: Thank you. For walking with me, Emmanuel. Thank you for staying by my side. Emmanuel, thank you for fighting my battles. Has he been good to you?
1: I said, has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Can I ask you something? How did you make it to where
2: you are right now? I believe your testimony is, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know Where I be, but if it had not been, for Emmanuel, 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 can I tell you something? I already know why you're gonna make it. I already know how you're gonna come through. I already know why you're coming out of this. His name, his name, his name. Is Emmanuel come on and call him. Come on and call him. Come on and call him. Come on and praise him. Come on and lift him up. Emmanuel. 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 One more thing. And I'm done with y'all. Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied. God will take care of you. Can I get a witness? Let me say it one more time. Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will. God will. Emmanuel is going to take care of you. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? do it? Won't he do it? Won't he put food on your table? Won't he do it? Won't he fight your battles? Won't he do it? Shout yes! Shout yes! Shout yes! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Is the Lord with us? Is the Lord here?
1: Yes. Emmanuel. Is the Lord here? Yes. Emmanuel. 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 Hallelujah. I'm not here to die. I'm not here to feel sorry for myself. I'm not here to think like, talk like, and behave as if I do not have Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Because of him, I can make it. Because of him, I can be healed. Because of him, I can have what I need. Because of him, I can win every battle. Because of him, I can thrive in my new normal. Emmanuel. 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 We bless your name. Emmanuel, we give you glory. Emmanuel, you're the reason for our hope. You're the reason for our joy. You're the reason for our expectation that whatever we need is coming our way. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And can I tell you, as we open the doors of the church, can I tell you how I know the Lord is here with us? It's not because of the blessings. It's not because of any kind of sign. I believe the Lord is here with us simply because he said he would be. He said he would be it doesn't matter what things look like i'm standing on he said he would be whether i got plenty water no water with that plenty money no money whether i have good health or if i'm about to have surgery he said he would be with me and i trust him to be faithful
0: This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.